Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 192, or getting so close to 200. We are. Which we're recording on Wednesday, May 8th, 2019. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And today's a special day. It's mine and Mike's 22nd wedding anniversary today. Yeah. Happy anniversary. Thank you. <laughs> Fun day. So what are you wearing? I am wearing my Hood on the Moon sweater, which is a pattern by Katrine Schneider. Nani's very happy to be here. Very happy that I'm here, I should say. <laughs> and this is a fun hoodie. It's adorable. basically a knit hoodie. And I've knit mine. It's not, I don't want to say oversized, but it's positive ease. And I have made it in a yarn, which I think is a perfect, perfect yarn for a summer sweater. It is 70% merino and 20% bamboo and 10% nylon. So it's not super warm, even though it is actually a chilly day here. And we often say it that in Santa Cruz, we can wear lightweight sweaters all year round. Yeah. And today, middle of May, is the perfect example. It's not quite summer yet. It, of course, it's still spring, but Gail and I are both sporting sweaters. Yeah. <laughs> Which and sweater? I'm wearing ugly boots. <laughs> yes. Which sweater are you wearing, Gail? I'm wearing what I call my confadement tunic. So it's a combination of three patterns confetti by Vera Balamaki and Pavement by Vera Balamaki, and So Faded by Andrea Mowry. So it's a fade from top to bottom that is raglan-shaped that I made very A-line, like confetti, and then I used the bottom styling of pavement. So it's longer in the back, and it has scooped hemlines, and it's super, super cute. And it it's is. all fingering. It great. So it's the perfect... For today, I was just chilly sitting at my desk mm -hmm. and wanted something that would look cute with leggings. Yes. When I got here, I was like, this is the easiest thing in my closet to wear. So on it went, and I just love it. Every time I put it on, I think, I wish I had more opportunity to wear this. But then I just have to remember to take the opportunities when right. presented. Right. And I have the same feelings about this sweater because it's not 100% merino, so in I haven't been wearing this over the colder months because I have other sweaters that I want to wear during the colder months, of course. And I almost would have completely forgotten to take it out and wear it mm. in the spring. And it is the perfect spring sweater because it's got, like I said, the, the bamboo component to it. It's got a little hood. It's I can just throw it on over anything. That's so cute. I just love it. So and you did I have say to remember you told us the yarn composition, but you didn't tell us the name and maker of the yarn. I think it's Anzula, right? It is Anzula. It's called Haiku, and they still make this base, and it's quite nice to knit with. It creates a fabric that's got just a very slight halo. It's really nice. It's and gorgeous. I, yeah, thanks. And I've made mine in a, it's a not super dark blue, but it's a, a darker blue and it's got layer not layers, but tonality, tonality yeah. to it. Thank you. I blanked out on that word. It's got a lot of tonality to it. So there is some light areas going into some dark areas. It makes Very me nice. think of blue jeans. Yes. Very denim-y yeah, looking. Exactly. <laughs> and mine is a combination of different dyers 
Some are my favorite dyers. I know there's some Western Sky Knits in here. I know there's Invictus Yarn in here. And I just love it. I love yarn. I love yarn, too. (laughs) Yarn is such a wonderful thing. Such a wonderful thing. Yeah. And what have you been stocking? I have all sorts of fun stuff. Oh, yay. (laughs) I'm so excited about stocking lately. (laughs) So I have been stocking... Let's see. I have accessories this week that I wanted to talk about. One of the projects that I have been working on is a fingering weight ribbed hat. And I'll talk about it later. But to me, the pattern that I'm using is such a basic, perfect hat. I think it's going to be my go to ribbed hat from now on. I just love it. Is this the perfect watch cap pattern? Yes. Cool. Yes. And so along those veins, there's another pattern that was just released by Vera Valamaki, and it's called the February Beanie. Oh, yeah. And this one is almost the same hat, but it's written for sport weight yarn. Oh. So I think, depending on what yarn you have in your stash, you could find this pattern very useful. It's knit just like most hats, bottom up. So you start at the, what would be the ribbing around the hat. It's knit in the round, one piece ribbed, seamless. The pattern could be worn by either gender. It's just a perfect basic hat. And it's called the February Beanie. Check it out. <laughs> yeah, it's cute. She, I think she spoke about that. She was a guest person on Hohe's video podcast. Oh, okay. And I think she was working on it during that podcast. And the yarn is so pretty. Oh, oh it's so pretty. Yeah. Yeah, the sample, she used a speckled yarn, and it's really nice. And I think the hat could be knit in, obviously, a speckled yarn, a tonal yarn, a solid. You could color block it. You could use leftovers. Leftovers, Mm -hmm. yeah. So very nice, very basic. So that's the hat. The second accessory that I am stocking is one called the Sunnydale Cowl, and it is written by Katie Carroll. We've mentioned her over the last couple of episodes because she is the designer who wrote the pattern for the Cooperish Cowl that I recently knit twice. Yep. And she donated a couple of prizes to our Knockers Retreat, and I was the winner of the door prize for the pattern for the Sunnydale Cow. So I am looking forward to making this one. It is fairly unique looking in appearance because it has, it mixes elongated stitches. And then once you've knit the cowl, you also drop some stitches. And it looks like there's dropped stitches between the stitches. the little thin panel that has the elongated stitches. And because the pattern is called Sunnydale, if you've ever watched Buffy I was the Vampire Slayer, <laughs> yes, Sunnydale is the town yeah. where Buffy and gang lived. And she jokes in the description that the elongated stitches are rather fang-like in ah. appearance. <laughs> because Buffy was a show about 
Vampire Slaying. Yes, <laughs> Obviously, yes. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. show. We haven't watched rewatched that we in so We haven't watched that in a long time either. We mm-hmm. watched it when the kids were little, and we yeah. had one Halloween where Mike was Spike, and <laughs> Alex and Josie were each characters, and we even did like a little home movie, the kids and I did, and oh, Max was fun. in his in his car seat he yeah. was a little and we made him Giles we made like some magic thing that turned him into Giles it was hysterical I love that's Buffy great the yeah I do too so that is The Sunnydale Cow by Katie Carroll and I hope to get that one that one's on my soon to be cast on list yay yeah so I only have two things. Only two? Yeah. Oh, what are you stalking, Gail? I know okay. you've had a lot, so. <laughs> I only have three, but I'm oh, okay. really excited about all three of them. And all I can say is Diane made me do it. Diane from Suburban Stitcher. I just love everything she knits now. Oh. And she recently knit the Soldatna crop, which yeah. is a Caitlin Hunter pattern, which Another it, popular Caitlin It's Hunter very popular. Pattern, yes. And when it first came out, I was like, eh, yeah. It's another color work, top-down, circular yoke, short sleeve crop sweater. It's cute, but meh. And then I started seeing these versions of it that were really cute. And then Diane made one in pink and gray, and it just slays me because it's so pretty. (laughs) It's gorgeous. And for those of you who haven't seen the pattern on Ravelry, it's very color work intensive. So I think there are four colors it's a DK weight sweater, but I will knit it in fingering held doubled because I oh, have okay. a lot of that in my stash. Mm-hmm. And as much as I want to completely copy Diane's <laughs> exact colors, because not only does she have a podcast, but she's also a yarn dyer. So I could literally copy her colors. I could do a custom order and literally do the same colors. But I'm trying to do more from stash, so I'm going to try to be good. But I don't have the same colors. I don't have a gray. So what I'm thinking is maybe pink and navy mm-hmm. because I have a beautiful navy blue that I could hold doubled for the main gray parts and then use various pinks because I have so many pinks in my stash, <laughs> single skeins. So I have a lot of candy skeins, single skeins. I have a lot of various other dyers that you see that perfect pretty skein that you can't leave right. in the store. So you have to bring it home. So yes, navy blue. With pink is pink cute, right? Will go together very well. But my question to you is: Will you be not as happy with as it? happy with it because you one. have in your head that picture of the pink and gray? That's a perfectly good question, and I've asked myself that several times <laughs> already. And I think I probably would be, but there's the probably part. I think I probably would be because I think a pink and navy combo would be really, really pretty as well. So playing around with that, as you can tell, I haven't pulled all the skeins of yarn out of my closet yet, but I almost did yesterday. I was really close (laughs) to like, okay, I've got to get to dive in here, but I refrained. So that's the Soldatna crop by Caitlin Hunter. And the second one that is all Diane's fault is called Let It Fall by Matilda Cruz. And Diane didn't knit this, but someone sample knit it for her for her yarn shop it's really pretty it's a bottom-up not usually my favorite but Mm -hmm. a bottom-up drop sleeve sweater with positive ease but not a sloppy amount of positive ease a flattering amount of positive ease 
And what makes it really unique is that it's all lace in the front, and then the upper back is the same lace pattern. It's a sport weight sweater, but I would knit it in, I have two sweater quantities of Western Sky Knits Magnolia Sock, which is mm-hmm. a merino cashmere nylon blend, but I think it's a little thicker. It than, is. Yeah, it's a yeah. thicker I think you could do it in that. Yeah. yeah, so it's not, maybe it's not quite the equivalent of sport, but I'm sure I can make it work. Yeah. So the two sweater quantities I have, one is called Happy, which is a turquoise color, and one is called Bright Blue. Pretty self-explanatory. So both of those are definite contenders for that sweater. It just looks so easy to wear. And it's, first of all, in fingering weight, so it's not a heavy sweater. Second of all, with all that lace, it's basically air-conditioned. So you're going to have a lot of air circulation, so you're not going to overheat wearing it. So that one immediately went into my queue. I immediately was stocking my stash, like, okay, what sweater quantities do I have where I can do this? And I already have two. And it's just a really beautiful sweater. I love it. It's very feminine. And of course, Diane's was in pink, but (laughs) very pretty pink. But I know I will love it just as much in turquoise or blue as in pink. So that's a safe that one, I think you will. Yeah, that'll be safe. But it is gorgeous in pink. There's also, I could use my Molly Ringwald oh, Taj yeah. Marino Light to knit that. But then it would be a very, very different gauge. Ah, uh, here we go. I'm thinking That would the be fly. really different. Yeah. The fabric texturally would is be just very, be different. very different. And with that lace, it might not be as... I don't want to say substantial, but it might not pop as much. I don't know. Lots to think about, but that is Let It Fall by Matilda Cruz. And then the third thing I'm stocking, I texted Charlene instantly yesterday when I saw this go up in my, my favorites in the Ravelry pattern highlights. It's called the May Pop Hoodie. It's by Susanna Winter, who goes by Talvi on Ravelry, and she has a lot of patterns that we've liked and stocked over the years. Yeah. This one is perfect for us. (laughs) The Maypop hoodie is a top-down cardigan sweater, and it's knit with the hood first, and it's a very roomy hood, very pretty, and it's knit in light fingering yarn. She actually uses Meadow by... Fiber Company. Fiber Company, thank you. Which Charlene has used for a shawl, and it's basically a kitchen sink yarn that has all sorts of different fibers in it. But it is light fingering to heavy lace weight. And the sweater itself, raglan shaping, very straightforward, but it has a beautiful lace inset down the center back that goes down the hood and down the back of the sweater. And because it's knit in a light fingering weight, it's very light and drapey and very, very cute. It's somewhat kind of like the under the moon that Charlene's wearing right now, but lighter and different design features to it. The hood reminds me of this because it's It's a big, big, generous hood. And just to speak to the lightness of it, I noticed that in one of the projects that was already posted... You could almost see through the fabric. Yes. It was so light and airy. And one of the really pattern beautiful. pictures, she's holding the corners open and it's a back oh, okay. shot. And you can kind of see through it <laughs> yeah. there too. Yeah. So think really, really lightweight. And of course, Charlene and I instantly said, Coast yarn! Yes. <laughs> so we both, of course, have sweater quantities of Coast in our stash. And I was thinking either using Coast and I have a sweater quantity of purple in my stash 
or lace weight. And I don't know if I have yeah. enough of any one color to knit it, but you can tell I'm thinking about it. Yeah. It's just a really, really cute sweater. And I am too. So I think we'll both be knitting this one soon. Very soon. I think it's, I have so many things I'm excited about knitting right now that how do you pick which one first? Oh my gosh. This is why I cast on three sweaters at a time the last time, because everything just has to be on the needles. It's so exciting. I love that feeling. We would like to thank our sponsor for May, Candy Skein Yarn. Candy Skein is an artisan yarn and craft company that carries a wide variety of delectable yarns for today's knitters. With three exclusive bases and dozens of beautiful colorways to choose from, you'll be hard-pressed to resist these woolen treats. Try a taste of the current monthly colorway, Blooming Artichoke, or sign up for the monthly colorway club, where a brand new limited edition colorway will show up at your doorstep every month. If you're going to be in the Pacific Northwest, be sure to stop by their brand new Candy Skein Yarn and Craft Shop in Astoria, Oregon, where you can see every Candy Skein colorway up close and in person. Their shop also carries all of their handmade stitch markers, enamel pins, and cross-stitch patterns in addition to a wonderful assortment of indie dyers and local artisan fiber tools and accessories. For more information on their wonderful products, visit their website at www.candyskein.com. During this month, they're offering Yarniacs listeners 15% off their entire order by using the code I'm a Yarniac, and I'm going to spell that out, capital I M capital A, capital Y, A-R-N-I-A-C. Use that during checkout and the offer ends June 1st. Thank you very much, Tammy and Kurt, for the discount during the month of May. That is super exciting. Awesome, it is. And I haven't been on Instagram much for May, so I don't know what Blooming Artichoke looks like, but it sounds like a colorway I might have to have. I haven't seen it yet, Tammy. It's but very I'm pretty. To I've it. seen it. It's very, very pretty. It makes me, without having even seen it, just the name alone makes me think <laughs> of succulents. So I can't wait to see that. All right. So what are you knitting? All right. I am knitting a couple of things. I am still busily working away on my O'Keefe, which is a pullover top by Bristol Ivy. I'm getting close on this one. I'm trying to figure out the length. My row gauge is different from the written pattern. So basically, I just knit to the length that I want, mm-hmm. which is what I do anyway. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to figure out the length. And then once I finish that, I will go back and put the collar on and then have the sleeves to go. Yay! Yeah, I started on the body. And a lot of times I like to put the collar and the sleeves on before I finish the body. But because this one had chart I didn't want to put it aside in the middle of the chart. I wanted to keep going yeah. on the chart lest I forget where I am oh, on I get said it. chart. <laughs> I get it. So I I didn't do what I usually do and what I usually recommend to people to do, which is to do the collar and the sleeves before you figure out the length. But I also have so much of this yarn. The yarn that I'm using comes in a 17... 100 yard skein, something like that, Mm -hmm. something incredibly generous. So if I decide that it's not long enough, it's not going to be a difficult thing to take out the bottom inch of ribbing and 
add some more rows. I can do that. There's a lot of yarn. <laughs> There's a lot of yarn. They are massive skeins. <laughs> they are. The yarn that I'm using is the Wolmiza Lace. And it's an unusual yarn because it's got six plies. And Gail and I have spoken about this before because it really creates a nice fabric. But there's something about the plied structure of the yarn, which it keeps getting... The one little ply, will, for example, will get stuck on my dry skin, on my hands when oh. I'm working with it or something like that. Or sometimes I'll pick up one ply on the needle by accident, mm-hmm. split the split the the plies. So it's I have to knit with it fairly carefully, but it does create a nice fabric. So I'm very anxious to see what the fabric is going to be like after being washed and dried. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I'm I'm excited because I really like the design. So that is O'Keefe by Bristol Ivy. The second thing on the needles is the hat that I mentioned earlier. It's called the Perfect Reversible Watch Cap. And the designer's name is Nancy Elizabeth Monroe. And... The pattern is not hosted on Ravelry. It is hosted on the designer's website. It's a free pattern on the designer's website. And there's a pointer from the pattern page on Ravelry, of course. And very, very basic fingering ribbed hat. I need to just do, I'm down to the place where I need to do the decreasing. So that's why I've kind of stopped on that one because the the part where I don't have to pay that much attention is, is done. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yeah. So now it sits there until I want to pay some attention to it. So that's Perfect Reversible Watch Cap by Nancy Elizabeth Monroe. And then the third thing that I have on the needles that I'm, incredibly excited about is my magical thinking pullover shawl <laughs> not a poncho <laughs> not a poncho not pullover a poncho. shawl <laughs> by Casapinka. now this pattern was a giveaway for local yarn store day a couple of weeks ago and Casapinka generously donated the pattern to yarn stores that requested to be part of her giveaway and they were giving away yarn stores were giving away codes for this pattern to customers who made a purchase that day and the shawl the pullover shawl is very similar to all point south which gail and i have stocked many many times and magical thinking is Similar in shape, I think it's probably about the same size. Mm-hmm. The measurements, I think, are the same. It's just a different stitch pattern. And I am using three colors of Dragonfly Fibers yarn. Birch, Carolina, and the dark purple one. I can't remember what the dark purple one is called. But it's like Game of Thrones colorway, maybe? It could be. Let's see. I think I have it written down here. Birch, Carolina, and Aria. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm loving working on this one. It's been great. 
for me while I've been watching the NBA playoffs because largely it's knit in the round. And although there are changes in color and changes in stitch pattern, it's been really fun just to pick up a knit and go around and round. Okay, I have to interrupt you just for a second because... (laughs) Charlene is watching the basketball playoffs, and I'm watching the hockey playoffs. Mm-hmm. Charlene's favorite basketball team is in the playoffs. My favorite hockey team <laughs> is in the playoffs. So you have these games where the seventh game in the last series for the Sharks was one of the most exciting sporting events I've ever seen in yeah. my life. It was insane. And I know whatever I was knitting that last five minutes of the game is probably at such a tighter gauge yeah. than the rest of whatever I was knitting on that garment. Yeah. <laughs> so there are these these warnings when you're knitting something that's super high suspense or super high action, like a playoff game or a super scary movie or something. Maybe not be knitting on a sweater where your gauge like that is really section. crucial. <laughs> Exactly. Well, I kept thinking that as I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I'm knitting a tighter tighter. I've had moments where I just haven't been able to knit. Too, yes. Because it's, I have to watch all eyes on deck. Yep. So. Yep. I just had to interrupt for that. Yeah. Little highlight. sporting <laughs> highlight. So those are my three projects. What are you knitting, Gail? I'm going to be really boring because I'm still knitting on the same two things I was knitting last time. And you know what? I don't feel guilty about that. <laughs> I was so worried that I was going to feel guilty because I was boring because I was knitting the same things. But I'm having so much fun knitting these that that's just how it goes. And it's so, really pretty sitting over there on your lap. Yes. Yeah, so in my lap right now is my Clio, my second Clio sweater by Elizabeth Doherty, which Shirley and I have both knit, and you've heard a lot about it. It's a pullover that has beautiful texture stitches and cables and just yumminess all around. It is knit in DK weight, and I'm using the Woolmize DK base, which is also tightly plied, like Charlene was commenting about the lace base. Their yarns are just highly plied, tightly mm. wound yarns, and I love this. It's very bouncy. It's very... Yeah, happy in my hands. I'm loving it. Absolutely loving it. And I'm almost done with the body. I'm on the final ribbing section of the body, which they're like three and a half inches of that to go or three and a half inches total. And I'm about, I don't know, over halfway through it. So it's very close to being done. Mike and I just went to Yosemite last week to celebrate our anniversary And there was a lot of knitting time for the ride up and back. And then in the evenings at our, the lodge where we were staying. So this got some Yosemite love and I finished all of the cable part of the body and got to start on the ribbing. And when you go on a vacation in your car, instead of flying, you can bring your interchangeable needles because there were a lot of needle (laughs) changes through the body. Oh yeah. So that was a very nice thing to be able to bring your whole interchangeable needle set and not feel like you were sacrificing storage space exactly so this is cleo i'm let's see i did knit the collar already which like charlene said so that when you're trying it on for length you know that the length is going to work and then i will have the sleeves to go so hopefully maybe by the next episode this will be finished yay cleo by elizabeth doherty and the second thing i'm joyfully knitting is my like a cloud cardigan by Hohi Locatelli. And that one, I have finished the sleeves. So 
That's a top-down, super easy knit. Super, super easy. You don't have to think at all with that sweater. And it's fingering weight. That's the one I'm holding together a lace, two lace weights. So one right. is a mohair nylon lace and one is a merino lace. And it gives you basically a fingering weight yarn. The pattern itself calls for holding two lace weights together. And I'm loving that. I'm knitting it as an A-line sweater. So I've made some mod- considerable modifications because I'm not knitting it with the textured stitch. I'm just knitting stockinette and I'm doing the A-line shaping. So it's going to be significantly different than the original pattern, but that's what I'm using for the measurements and everything, the stitch counts and so on. So what I decided to do before we left for Yosemite was to try to knit a sleeve so that I'd be able to try it on, know if my decreases were working well, know that the length was good, kept very close track of my rows, and then I could just go on the second sleeve and not even think about it. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. So didn't get the first sleeve finished, but finished it in the car and something, I think on the first night, I think I might've finished it. It's funny, the, you know, as you, you're knitting a sleeve, the numbers of stitches on your needles is decreasing. So it goes Mm -hmm. faster and faster, the closer to the cuff you get. Well, this one has twisted ribbing, which I love the look of twisted ribbing, but I cannot stand knitting it. (laughs) It's just slow. It's tedious. You have to really pay attention to what you're doing or I do. And it hurts my hands. So I was racing along on the last bit of the sleeve. And then the 20 rows of twisted rib took me forever. (laughs) And then last night I finished the second sleeve. So I'm back to just knitting the body. I tried it on with the sleeves finished last night. It looks really good. Perfect length on the sleeve. Super happy with them. It's a drop shoulder sweater as well. And the length right now, I'm about an inch past my natural waist. So I have many, many inches left to go because I want this to be almost like a bathrobe. And I have a lot of yarn, so I'll just keep knitting happily. And now (laughs) all that I have left to think about is every eighth row, I'm doing increases for the A-line shaping. So I'm just knitting and knitting and knitting and stocking it. I'll have, you know, the literal no thought required knitting, which is great (laughs) to have a project like that, that you're working on that just doesn't need any thinking. So two sleeves left to go on Clio. Body left to go on like a cloud. So enjoying all of the knitting in my life right now. So what have you finished since the last episode? I have finished my Beckett sweater. It's so cute. Woohoo! I'm so excited about this one. This is a pattern by Marie Green. And it is a pretty basic, classic pullover sweater. I don't know... I'm sure there's a name that you call those basic crew neck sweaters yeah. that every ready to wear company seems to have made at some point or another. But yeah, this I is can't think of very similar mm-hmm. to that. The only somewhat different thing is that it has a little side seam with two small twisted stitches on the side and a few stitches of pearl in the middle of that but the sleeves are three-quarter and they're ribbed the bottom of the sweater is ribbed and then the crew neck is ribbed and it does have a split hem so a little bit longer in the back but very basic not too oversized in fact it's 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 not fitted 
So there is a positive ease, but yeah, not oversized. I wouldn't call it oversized. And the pattern page says two to three inches is the recommended ease. So fairly fitted. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but this one, I used a new to me yarn from Holstgarn called Noble. And the label says that the fiber content is 95% G-long wool and 5% cashmere. And I had to look up G-long wool to figure out what that was. And the information that I did manage to find, there was a... It, it, I couldn't really find complete information online. There probably is a better source for me to look, but I couldn't find something that told the whole story. But from what I was able to cobble together from a couple of websites, it looks like the Geelong wool is produced from the Merino sheep in the Geelong County in Australia. And it's supposedly a very soft wool with an average micron count of 19.5, which is in that range for a merino. And it's comparable in warmth and softness to cashmere. It, that's from one of the descriptions that I found online. And if you search online for G-Long information, the majority of the content that I found comes from ready-to-wear websites where they're selling garments and accessories that are made from this kind of wool. Oh. So their information is kind of hidden behind marketing speak. Uh -huh. <laughs> so they're trying to tell you why it's the best and, and not really telling you information about it. And a lot of the websites that are selling it have tagged on lamb's wool onto it so it's not just g-long but it's g-long lamb's wool and that just seems to be a marketing point although i did find one website that said if it says lamb's wool then it means it's from the first year so the oh. animal is seven months or younger huh. now i don't know if that in fact there's no way that could be true universally yeah but um, for this one website, that was the information that I found. Yeah. So I, to the best of my knowledge, I don't think that Geelong is a type of sheep. It sounds like it comes from the Merino sheep or maybe just sheep located in the geographical mm -hmm. area of Geelong in Australia, but I'm not entirely sure because on another site, it said that Geelong sheep were now not limited geographically. So Interesting. Yeah, so that seems different from the, other, the other information that I found. So I did not go so far as to search out specific information from like the Australian sheep breeders. Mm-hmm that kind of thing, but perhaps somebody out there will know and can let us know more about Geelong. <laughs> well, I'm interested too that you said that it's something that ready-to-wear companies use because there are other yarns like Pendleton 
the company, Mm -hmm. I think they use specific types of yarn where they buy it up before it gets to the public, as in we as knitters. Right. Or G-Long's the same thing, where these companies buy it up for manufacturing, so we don't see it, because it's not as readily available in skeined form. Yeah, it it could be the kind of thing, I'm I'm assuming that large, ready-to-wear companies source their own wool Mm -hmm. and then have it milled and spun to their specifications right and maybe so, they grab up all the g-long it could, yeah <laughs> it could be because i certainly haven't seen labels that because, say g-long yeah and especially like if you're a ready-to-wear company you would strive to have your yarn and your and your garments and, and accessories that you make from that yarn you would have you would you would be striving to have that wool blend feel and look the same year after year mm-hmm. after year so that consistency. It, there's consistency to the customer. Whereas we know because we've learned a little bit about sheep and wool production, we know that wool is not going to be the same from year to year. Right. Even from the same producer. So therefore, like wines or coffee i would assume that the large ready-to-wear companies probably each year probably do some kind of blending to make their garments feel and look the same consistently right because any even environmental change in one area could affect the wool in that area for that season so yeah it's complete it can be very very yeah So that's totally off topic from but it's what we were talking about. <laughs> yeah. But yes, it's it's very interesting. And I'm I am very curious what the true story on G Long is, and I will continue to research that. And if I hear any more information, I will let you guys know. The label does say G Long specifically. So that's very interesting. So in terms of what does the fabric feel like that I have produced? It feels very nice, very soft, just luscious. Yes, quite luscious. I don't know if I would compare it. It's hard to say compared to cashmere, but it might be. It is really soft, but also there is a little bit of cashmere in the fabric, but it's very, very nice. But one thing that was very dramatic about this yarn, I have to say, is in the washing, somewhat like the coast, this yarn really transformed. Actually, I would probably say this one transformed more than the coast. When I knit with it, the yarn felt maybe a little splitty. You could definitely feel the plies as you were knitting with it. It didn't bother me to the extent that I really noticed it. But it definitely felt like a thin yarn. And when I knit it, the fabric, it it looked like a a light fingering yarn. Mm -hmm. And then I washed it. And I washed it, I want to say I did a couple times because the Holst Garn yarns ship with a little bit of spinning oil. And someone in our group had mentioned that they washed 
a garment that they had made with the whole scarn and the water was just really muddy. And that was my experience washing this sweater. I got a lot of the spinning oil out of the yarn. It wasn't also dyed because that's a darker blue. It's a darker blue. So it could have been a little dye run off, but it, it was more just dark and muddy water uh, okay. in, and not necessarily blue water. Okay. I haven't the, experienced The yarn that is yet. a navy color. So I would, if it were just dye runoff, I would expect it to be blue. Blue. Yeah. And this just looked muddy. Okay. So I washed it once. I use a wool wash. I use Euclan. I washed it once and it was muddy, muddy. Rinsed it again. And then I put another dose of eucalan not dose but another bit Bit. of eucalan in the water and washed it again and i think i rinsed it a couple of times until the water was really clear and once i laid it out to dry and came back and checked on it i was really (laughs) stunned because my stitches looked so good i could not believe it i mean my stitches this yarn really improved my stitches. <laughs> well, you know, just looking at it now that I've sat here looking at it for yeah. an hour, to me, what that reminds me of is like, I don't want to imply that it looks felted, but it looks like a ready to wear high quality wool sweater mm-hmm. that you've had. It's not that it looks worn. It looks worn in. It looks soft. It looks... Like you want to wear that sweater all the time. Yeah. To me, and it just looks so... I know what you mean. And because it's so fine. It almost looks like it must be machine yeah, knit. Yeah, I, I agree. Because when I went outside and looked at it, my first thought was, did I felt the sweater? And no, I haven't felt the sweater, felted the sweater. The stitch definition is still there. Oh, yeah. But there's just a very low-lying bit of a halo on the yarn, it's really filled in the thinness of the yarn. The yarn has plumped up. And in that plumping up, it has just made my stitches look so even, so incredibly even. It's very pretty. That was really the first thing that I was shocked about. It's like, wow, it does. It my stitches don't. It it's looked, so perfect. It totally looks machine knit. And my knitting does not usually look this perfect. It's just plumped up to perfection. Mm-hmm. And it's made my stitches look better than they do. So I'm very happy with it. It's worked out really well for the sweater so there's more of this yarn in your future there probably is yeah it is a yarn they don't have as many colors in Mm -hmm. this yarn as they do in the coast for example which is not a problem there are still lots of colors left for me to try and the coast does have an inordinately large number of colors for a yarn base yes it does it does so I think I will try this one again. I Can I say it one more time? I love the way the stitches look. I do, too. It's amazing. I can't wait to see amazing. how it wears. I'm imagining yeah. it'll just get more and more and more comfortable. Yeah. So it's it's lovely. All good things to say about this right now. And yes, I'll have to check in with you guys again after I've worn it several times and see how the wear goes. Because even though this yarn has a little bit of cashmere in it 
it's still well-priced. It's a little bit more than the coast, but it's still well-priced. Yeah, I'm interested to see if it pills at all either. Yeah, I'm sure it will. Everything pills. Mm -hmm. So it will have to at some point. We'll see. (laughs) Very exciting finish, though. Yeah. I'm excited to see how how it wears over time. So the second thing that I've finished is just a simple hat. It's called Estrella, and it's by Audrey Drysdale. And this was a color work hat that I made from two colors of Malabrigo Mecha. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I loved the way this turned out. It's got a star on the top, so it looks like it's... I, for lack of a better way to describe it, it looks like there's a starfish in the design kind of sitting with its little legs hanging down. Clung to the top of yeah. the hat, like a barnacle. Yeah, exactly. So the top of the hat is one color and the bottom of the hat is another color. The two colors that I use are a purple and a gold, so they go together really well. And it's basic hat, color work. I enjoyed it. So funny when you said, I knit this hat. Blah, blah, blah. I'm thinking she was cheating on me. She was knitting a hat she didn't tell me about. Because <laughs> I'd never heard of it, but I saw you knitting that in the yarn super, store. super fast hat because the Malabrigo Mecha is a fairly chunky yarn. So I was knitting that on larger needles and it went really quickly. And it was fun. I haven't knit a color work project like that in a long time and I had to review how to catch my floats and mm. once I reviewed that I was good to go it was fun so that's Estrella by Audrey Trisdale what have you finished Gail absolutely nothing okay <laughs> I haven't even blocked Little Bird yet I, oh that's I went okay on vacation and yeah. then we got home and the weather's been very moist it's yes not conducive to blocking no, anything not so at all. I did weave in all the ends but Okay. I was hoping to wear it here when we recorded, but oh, it just yeah. wasn't meant to yeah. be, so no finishing. So for today's feature, we're going to talk about alternating skeins, because this actually kind of bit me on Leo. <laughs> so I have three skeins of Wilmai's DK, which is a hand-dyed, I don't know if they do it by hand, I'm assuming they do, dyed yarn, which is not commercially produced. So commercially produced yarn, they have very specific dye lots and colors and things. And you can, as long as you purchased all of them from the same dye lot, you can be fairly certain that your sweater is going to be the same color. Those skeins will be consistent from one to another. With hand dyed yarn, that is very different. So when you see these beautifully hand dyed skeins, you usually want to buy all of your project at the same, all the yarn for your project at the same time. Even if you do so, there can still be variation between skeins because the the way hand-dyed yarn is dyed, it's often in a tray and they apply the dye to it. And based on where the skein is in the tray, different parts of the skein take up colors differently. That's one of the beautiful things about hand-dyed yarns. Mm -hmm. It's also one of the things about hand-dyed yarns that will show up in your knit garments. So every hand dyer I know recommends that one, you buy all of your yarn for your project at the same time, and two, that you alternate skeins. Charlene and I have talked before about how sometimes we do, sometimes we don't, (laughs) and we both alternate. When we're getting to the end of one skein, we'll alternate with the next skein so that there's not a very obvious 
line of color change if there's differentiation between the skeins. And with Clio, I didn't really do that. So what I laid out my three skeins of Womize and they looked very similar to me. I didn't see any striking color difference. Mm -hmm. But what I couldn't see is that one skein had a lot more light tonality to it than the other two skeins. So I started with the skein that had much more tonal, a little lighter in color, and knit from the neck down, and then picked up at the neckline with a second skein and knit the collar. And that's something Charlene and I typically do. We will knit the collar or the hem with a different skein, because generally speaking, you're not going to see as big of a color difference in those parts of a sweater. Right. Well, the skeins were so different that it's very obvious that my collar is a darker color than the rest of the sweater. And that doesn't bother me because it's just a pretty color no matter what. And But because of that, I decided, okay, when I get down to maybe the last quarter of my first skein, I'm going to start alternating in my second skein. Normally, I would wait to do that until... I had very little bit of my first skein left before I started alternating in the second color. But I decided, okay, I better start sooner so that these skeins, the difference isn't that dramatic in my sweater. Well, I'm laying it out in front of myself right now. And it's not exactly striped where I blended it, but it's different. And then you can t- I can tell exactly where I started with only the second skein. To me, it's very darker it's very obvious. And again, it doesn't bother me, but it brought up the subject of alternating skeins. Yeah. And it seemed like <laughs> a good thing to talk about because it's in our tips and tricks thread in our Ravelry group. People have mentioned it before. And we've had people mention it off and on because, like I just did, sometimes it comes back to bite you. One of our friends, Jane, she's knitting Divi right now. And she did the same thing, joining a second skein. And it's a fingering weight poncho and she didn't like the way the second color pooled so it's not just that the color can be different but the pooling of a different skein can be different so what have your experiences been charlene well first thing that i want to say is that why do we why do we alternate skeins and what you're trying to achieve when you have two skeins that may be slightly different is you're trying to trick the eye into seeing one color instead of two. Sometimes you'll notice that when you look at a sweater that has been knit in hand-dyed yarn, it looks fine. It looks great. And then you take a photo of it, Mm -hmm. and suddenly you see that line of demarcation. And the reason for that is because the eye can only pick up so many color changes. And sometimes you can fool the eye into seeing what's called an optical color. A, A good example would be... Like if you knit knit something out of two strands of yarn, one red and one blue, there's a good chance that optically your eye is going to read that as a purple 
from okay. a distance. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you look at it up close, of course, you, you'll see. But the optical color might be different than the actual color. And so that's what we try to achieve when we mix or alternate skeins. We're trying to achieve that optical single coloredness, I guess. <laughs> Very interesting. I had no idea. Here I am using my non-technical terms, a line of demarcation. It's like the optical color. <laughs> we have to let Boo in. Boo is meowing out the door. Hey, Boo. <laughs> the okay. menagerie is here. So how do you do it? It's pretty simple. So basically what you're doing is you're trying to mix the two different colors, two different skeins, maybe three different skeins. I know Robin yeah, right now. Yeah, sometimes people do three. Yeah. She's knitting her autumn square, I think, and alternating mm, three, three skeins, skeins right now. Yeah. Skein sure. juggling. Yeah, skein. There's a yarn <laughs> management issue there. There really is. Yes. So yes. that's one thing to keep in mind. Oh, travel knitting. Don't let me forget to talk about okay. that again. <laughs> because if you're traveling, yarn management is an issue. But what I typically do is... When you get to your marker for the beginning of your round, if you're knitting in the round, or when you get to the end of your row, if you're knitting flat, is drop the working color, pick up the new color from underneath, especially if you're knitting in the round, you want to pick up that new color under the previously working yarn. That way you won't get a hole in your knitting. If you pick it up over the top of the working yarn, you will probably get a hole in your knitting. So that's just something to be aware of. Pick it up from under. And then just start knitting with the second skein. And often people will say two rounds of each color. That doesn't matter. So when I was blending my two skeins for Cleo, I did one round and then switched colors. Then I did two rounds. Sometimes I did three. Sometimes I did four. I wanted it to be very varied. So oh, I, I like didn't, that. Yeah, I didn't I like go that. with the every second row because I didn't want it to look striped. So right. I really varied it. Yeah. So you can use the straight up every second row, change your color, or you can do whatever you want. I'm not sure exactly what Robbie's doing, juggling her three skeins, but there, so there are different techniques to doing it, but basically just go with what's going to give you the best blend. Right. And if you're knitting in the round, you can do it like Gail, you can alternate one row, you can change it up. If you're knitting back and forth, then you're more limited because obviously you have to go back and forth to get back to where you left the second working yarn. But you can still alternate or do kind of stripes, like Gail was calling it, when you go one or two rows each evenly. And the risk of doing it so structurally every second row is sometimes you do end up with stripes because my... It was a hokey hoodie that I knit. Can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. You can see the stripes in the hood where I was trying to alternate skeins. If one yarn is much lighter and one yarn, or if you're just in a lighter portion of the skein and a darker portion of the skein. Yeah, so it can go, even one skein can have so much variation in it from one end to the other that you might want to knit from two different sides of that skein. So you're knitting from the outside of the cake and the inside of the cake. That's another way to alternate as opposed to alternating between two different skeins, you can alternate with a single skein of yarn. And some people even alternate on their sleeves. I've never done that. I, I don't either. <laughs> Charlene and I both tried to knit tactically so that 
our tactic is to make sure that we have one skein for the sleeves so that we don't have to alternate right. on sleeves. Doesn't always work out that way, depending on what your yarn situation is. But we try to do like the collar, the button bands, the sleeves, all with the same skein of yarn so that we don't have to alternate. If we're working with a long enough skein. Yes. yes. And have we yeah. have enough yarn. Yeah. So, because it's kind of tedious to alternate skeins on a sleeve when you're yeah. knitting in a smaller circumference. But some people do it. The people who are really particular about not having any kind of pooling or the pooling would be if you're knitting from one skein probably, right. but that's just something to keep in mind is that you can do it on sleeves as well if you're that concerned. And yarn management, like Gail mentioned, that's definitely an issue because if you're knitting from two skeins, you must figure out how you're going to move from one working yarn to the other working yarn. And like Gail said, you take it, you said under, Mm -hmm. so that you don't get the hole. And I find that just consistency, find a way that you're going to pick up and stick with it. Yeah, keep using that same technique. No change mid-sweater or mid Exactly, exactly. And you, on the inside of your knitted fabric, depending how many rows you have gone, you will end up with a vertical line going up from row to row where you have carried that yarn. Yeah, but that's on the inside. Of your that's head. on the inside, yeah. yes. And depending on how many rows, you may or may not want to catch that. I usually don't knit enough rows that I need to catch it. Usually by that time, I am switching my working yarn. And I wanted to mention another technique that I have tried before. If you don't like having that vertical row on the inside, you can, for example, when you're knitting and you've, you meet the working yarn, you could knit two or three stitches beyond that and then pick up your working yarn. So if you do that every time you switch, you're not going to end up with that line in the same spot. You're going to end up with it spiraling around. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes, it does to me. So that's another option. And I think if... If you use that technique, especially if you're working on, for some reason, I don't know if you were working on double pointed needles, like alternating on a sleeve, if you use that technique, I find it also works well to avoid laddering when you do that. Mm -hmm. Because if you knit a stitch or two beyond every time on your double pointed needles, then you're also going to avoid laddering. Because so, you're moving where you're joining. Right, so you're moving right. it around so that it's not always in the same right. place. So that ladder is a completely so you're vertical kind of line. Touching on two issues, and maybe I shouldn't have even mentioned that because that might be even more confusing, but I just wanted to mention it. <laughs> well, and one other caution is when you are switching yarns, if you're alternating, so where you're switching the two yarn skeins, 
don't pull that really, really tightly because some people, when they add in the second color, they pull it under the working yarn, they'll pull that stitch or the next stitch even tighter, which will kind of pucker where that kind of, it's not a seam, but where that alternating is happening. So you don't want to change your gauge and tension line is. is right. Yeah, you don't want to. And in fact, you might want to make sure that you you've don't. got a little extra yarn in there when you come back around just enough before you pick up the working yarn to make sure that it doesn't pucker. Yeah. And I'm looking at my Clio right now. I can clearly see, because this is a textured rib where I was alternating skeins as opposed to stockinette, I can see where I, I dropped one and picked up the other because there's a slight distortion in the mm. stitch where that happened, but that's going to block out. Yeah. So, cause it's so slight yeah. and the fabric is so textured. Yeah. So those are just some things to think about if you're going to alternate skeins. And last episode, we talked about travel knitting and some people had some great comments in the thread about travel knitting. Mm -hmm. So the first one was lighting, the lighting in some hotels now, or if you're camping or wherever you're going to be, Sometimes the lighting is really awful and it's yeah. really hard to see. And at the Knockers retreat this year, in our goodie bags, we had those funny looking little lights that wrap around your neck. And then they have two LED lights at the end that Charlene was calling them boob lights because they basically <laughs> hang right over that part of your body. But they're aimed down and they have really bendable, what are Necks. they called? Necks. There Necks. we go. Like... They call them a gooseneck Goose lamp. Yeah. Yeah. So they're great. And I kind of scoffed in my head. I was like, oh, I don't need that. Well, let me tell you, I took mine to Yosemite and I was so glad I had it. So <coughs> knitting in the darker lit places, knitting at night, even, I mean, I could use it at home if I didn't have my giant bright light right over my head. These things are awesome. And they're I was not amazed. very expensive. <laughs> I was amazed. I pulled mine out and used it right away when we were on that retreat. And I was sold. Yeah. Because the lighting in that room, of course, is not crafter's lighting. It's just average lighting. So oh, you put it on. It's even less than average, I would say. Maybe. Kind of yeah. dim. Yeah. Yeah. And But you put this on and you have you Instacrafter lighting. Yeah, I it's love great. It. <laughs> so lighting, when considering your travel knitting, consider one of these. They're completely lightweight. You, even on an airplane, because I get dirty looks from people because I don't sleep on airplanes. I don't mm. know why. So I always have my overhead light on because I'm always knitting. Well, inevitably, on a long flight, everybody around you wants to sleep. <laughs> so people kind of give you dirty looks. Well, sorry, I can't sleep. I yeah. mean, I can try, but nothing's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so it could be great on an airplane. It could be great in all sorts of situations. I even, one of our posters said she uses it at home when her husband goes to sleep and she's not ready to go to sleep yet. So even yeah. for reading your book or whatever. So yeah. these are great for travel and all sorts of other purposes. They really are. And the version that we got is rechargeable. So yeah, they you, have both battery and yeah, rechargeable so USB. You can just plug it in, and I love it. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm completely sold on this. <laughs> now. And there was one other tip that, of course, now I can't remember. Er, sorry. I'll put it in the thread. Okay. Once I figure it okay. out. So those were, thank you everybody who gave the additional suggestions on travel knitting and things like that. It was super helpful. 
And let's keep the discussion going. If you have any tips or tricks for alternating skeins or even links, there's a lot of references out on the internet as well on how to alternate skeins. Mm -hmm. So we can post some links in the episode thread as well. Oh, and I know that Inez, Edler007, I'll try to find her post. I think she might have even done it as a project on Ravelry. She put her method for alternating skeins because she does that a lot. And it was really helpful. I'll see if I can find that because that was a good resource too. And one last thing that I want to mention our annual Colors of Fall knit-along oh my gosh, is coming up. about it, and it's May. <laughs> our moderator, Robbie, has started a planning thread in our Ravelry group. Thank and you, And she has posted colors, the colors for fall 2019. The knit-along will start on the summer solstice, Friday, June 21st and go through the fall equinox, which will be Monday, September 23rd. So you will have all summer to work on a fall look. I am looking forward to this. This is my favorite knit along during the year because I love color and I love planning color Mm -hmm. and I love planning for fall. So think about it. Join us possibly and check out the planning thread in our Ravelry group. And we will be doing a whole feature on it coming up yes. where we talk about the, the colors yeah. and the upcoming trends for fall. Yeah. And we get to do all that research. Yeah. Like <laughs> I get to pretend like I'm a style person. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you for all your comments and things in the thread and on Instagram and everywhere else. You guys, this is our happy place. So it thank you very, is. very much. Happy knitting, everyone. Happy Bye-bye. Knitting. Bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniacs Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs Podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gaily Whaley.